And welcome back, weirdos. This is episode 14 of the Weird Austin podcast. We're going to keep it rolling. Today we have a special treat. This young man uh, has, has definitely uh, earned this episode. He's definitely earned this spot. And uh, I'm excited. He's, he's working hard. He's moving up. And uh, he's a very respectful and knowledgeable young man. Ladies and gentlemen, Elijah Hare. How you guys doing? More importantly, how are you, sir? Yo, I'm doing good. This coronavirus uh, pandemic is pretty funny, but, you know, life is going as it should. Yeah, it's definitely causing a lot of headaches for uh, a lot of people. Um, last couple episodes, we've talked to some musicians who've been affected. Uh, we've talked to uh, a paramedic slash firefighter who's been on scene and... Uh, well, we want to get your your thoughts on, you know, not just the coronavirus, but, um, you know, what brought you here, you know, what uh, everything you've done leading up to this and as well as plans for the future. Okay. So you are from Wisconsin, correct? Right. Born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, man. So did you like, how can I say this? Did you want to know a little about how Wisconsin is, or? Absolutely, I've never been there. Um, I've only seen that '70s show. That's mm-hmm. the only piece of Wisconsin I know besides cheese, right? Right, dude. So when I first, so now I live in Austin, Texas, as you know. So when I first moved down here to Texas, every time I told somebody I'm from Wisconsin, the joke I got every time was that they did not know black people are from Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I got that so many times. It was hilarious, dude. Um, but I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is um, from the north side, which is more black people than anything. Um, Wisconsin is like, it's sort of like one of those places you see in the movies, man, when it has like a bunch of like farms and lot, it's like a bunch of farm areas, like a lot of cows and stuff like that. Really? Yeah, it's it's pretty urban, though, but that's outside of the city. Inside of the city, it's pretty urban. Hmm. So, it's pretty fun. Are you guys really into sports up there? Um, up, since it's up north, the biggest sport is basketball. Just because you know we have like all four seasons, but when it's cold, it's really cold. So you never really catch anybody outside. We're always inside. So basketball is like the number one sport there in Wisconsin. Okay. Oh, I uh, I found some demographics here. Um says that Wisconsin is 85% white, 6% percent <laughs> African-American, 2% Asian, and I don't even see Hispanics on there. <laughs> see, that's the thing. When I first, so if in Wisconsin or at least in Milwaukee, every time you see like a, a, a say, say a light-skinned person, mm-hmm. you always think they were Hispanic, man, because you would just like never know. Because they were, like, unheard of down there. <laughs> it says 0.87% Native American. I mean, that's not even 1%. <laughs> right. Man. So, what year did you graduate? I graduated in 2018. Wow. So, I'm fresh on the market here, man. Pretty <laughs> well, you're, you're doing pretty well, man. You're, like I said, um... You know, you got a good head on your shoulders, and 
you uh, you seem like a very genuine person, you know. Yeah, I mean, just honestly, just working hard, boy. Like life was never so easy growing up, so I was like, when I was to get the chance of like to make my own life, you know, start a family, make sure we're good, I wasn't gonna waste it. So, you know, I'm taking every opportunity I can get. Yeah. Um. How was it growing up? Man. So in Milwaukee, it's not the well on the north side at least where you guys say there's more African American than anything. Um, it's not really the best place to grow up as grow up in. And that's because there's not a lot of jobs. Mm. So everybody know less jobs, more problems. Right. So um I mean there had to be some jobs. What kind of jobs were there? Well, I mean, you got the main the main jobs as in like uh, so I guess like the back then like the number one thing was to like work at a factory. If you had a factory job, you were making some good money. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then you got like the normal like Walmart, um, like Target, Kmart, uh, Pick and Save. Just like normal retail stores you have down there. Okay. But you kind of have to go a little ways to get those retail jobs. And so the way it works down there in Milwaukee is, is like, if you can't get the opportunity to get you a nice little job like that, and honestly, those kind of jobs never went anywhere, so you can never progress in life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And people needed, like, more money. I need faster money. And so it kind of gets to a point to where they choose other things than actually working an actual job. So what I mean by other, I mean, like, more illegal activities, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so... In Milwaukee, if you was to look it up, our crime rate is really high. Man, that's terrible. Had, like before I moved, like you had kids like at the age of like between like eight and ten getting started into doing illegal activities. Oh wow. Yeah, I'm talking about pretty hardcore stuff, man. So you guys are right on the water, right? Right on Lake Michigan? Yes. So it must have been cold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was Texas a shock? Texas, how should I say? When I first moved out here to Texas, man, I had like the wrong idea of Texas. Like I really used to think like Texas, like how I seen on the movies, it's like a bunch of tub of weed rolling around, bro. <laughs> which, <laughs> which it was not at all, man. But um, the Texas weather is so much different. I did realize when I first moved to Texas. That the weather was bipolar. Mm-hmm. Like you'd be outside, it'd be 90 degrees, then like five minutes later, it'll like start raining out of nowhere. Yeah. I'm like, why is it raining? It was just 90 degrees, sunny sky, clear skies, out of nowhere, it starts raining. <laughs> but uh, heat wise, man, it was really hot. Cause like in Wisconsin, like we're topping like 80 degrees, 85, 90. Oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? Sounds nice. It is not as humid as it is in Wisconsin because in Texas it's pretty humid, so it's even more hotter. Right, yeah. Um, but the weather, yeah, it was a pretty big shock. And then the culture-wise, like how people are, was a big difference as well. How do you mean? So like, how should I say this? So like in um in Milwaukee. Like, things that people do, as in, like, the, how friendly they are, how you look at somebody, how you talk to somebody, is different from in Texas. 
Mm. Um, let's say I'm in a grocery store, right? In Milwaukee. And then some person is, you know, staring at me, right? Mm-hmm. In the in a certain way, that's kind of like disrespect. Because who wants to be, you know, stared at? Like, you have a problem with me? Do you want to say something? <laughs> yeah. But, right. But here in Texas, it's like, okay, um, you can look at me, but normally you don't say anything to the other person they're staring. You know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that makes, like, a big difference of like, where you are. Did you have any miscommunications when you first came down here? No, actually. Because usually, because I was never to one to, like, say if somebody was staring at me, I would never get mad. I would be the type of person to be like, you know, hey, what's, how you doing? What's going on? Like, not to, like, see them as a therapist, see them as, like, you know, you know somebody cool, see what's up. Okay. So I, I never really ran into a problem with somebody staring at me because I was just never me as a person or how I took things. Yeah, yeah. You don't seem like a very hostile person. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing in, in Milwaukee, man. There's so much violence. I hated it. I, I mean, I can get mad. I could become a violent person, but I try not to use that as like a personal trait. So was there a lot of violence because there was a lack of jobs? Yes. What, uh, what kind of violence? What kind of crime? Gang violence, gun violence, man. You Any kind of violence you can think of, you name it. Hmm. Did you know anybody directly who was affected? <laughs> um, I can't say names, but man, I had a few friends, um, which I am like blessed that my mom booed me out of out of Wisconsin at the age she did, you know? Because mm-hmm. um, I had a few friends that got caught up into it. Because like I said, I didn't like I grew up on the 48th in Hampton. I didn't grow up in the best neighborhood you would say that's in Milwaukee. And I live right across the street from a park. It's a it's a really big park. It's called uh, Wall Park. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a place where uh, you got a lot of games. They meet up there all the time. Um, in a park? So you can get, yes, in the park. Man, look it up. So what will happen is it's like you can get drawn into anything. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of for yourself to pick and choose what you do. Mm. And the reason why I'm glad that my mom got me out of it is because, like, most of my friends chose the wrong side. And, you know, with me, it's like, okay, if my friends are doing it, you know what I'm saying, why not Why not I do it? Why I be, you know, counted out? Might as well get in where I fit in, right? Mm-hmm. And so looking back, you know, half of my friends are, like, either dead or in jail. Like, I can count. I can't Jeez. even count on my fingers on how many friends that I lost to all this stuff that's going on, which makes me, like, you know, it's a pretty sad thing, but, you know, I just kind of feel like I'm blessed that I got to get out. Yeah, man, I can't imagine that, honestly. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're, you know, in a, a better location with uh, an essential position, you know, who would have thought? Right. right, who would have thought? No, literally, who would have thought? Man, well, um, I don't know if you want to talk about your future career plans, but do you think that's kind of why you went the route you were choosing? Yeah. Um, honestly, I I want to become a cop because I want to make like a difference, you know. Yeah. Cause not not every kid gets to choose on can they move to a different state, can they move to a different city, oh can they move out this neighborhood? They don't right. ever really get that. I got lucky. They don't ever really get that chance. So I want to be able to be in a position to where and also be you know have some security as well. You know what I'm saying? Use the mm-hmm. not use the badge as um 
how should I say, not overthrow the badge, but you know, use it as security. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You get to walk into these kind of neighborhoods with kids, they need guidance. Right. And what's best not to help people than, you know, be a cop. And cops have a lot of bad names, but, you know, it can be that one cop that can make a difference to a bunch of people. I can, like, help that kid that was like me that can't move, that can't go nowhere else, that, that, need, that needs help choosing the right path. Yeah, man, that's very admirable, honestly. Um, so you're still going, well, you're not still going to school currently, but you're enrolled in school, right? Yes. Um, what degree are you getting? So I'm getting, first I'm going to get a criminal justice degree, and then I'm going to get a police officer license. Okay. Is Now, I always hear people talk about a criminal justice degree. Is that just like a blanket term, or can you specialize? It's a blanket term. Um, okay. Actually, honestly, it depends on who you're talking to. If you're talking to me, you can use it for both. Because criminal justice falls under all kinds of things. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just like saying if you used to go for a business degree. There's multiple different kind of business degrees you can get. It's a bunch of different skills that fall under it. You know what I mean? That makes sense, yeah. So you can use it for different things, hmm. which is so pretty great. After you graduate, what's the next step? So the next step is, I think, the way my plan is going, I will like more likely become a cop before I graduate. If that makes sense. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Because I, I don't need the deg- So the degree won't get my job, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So what I'm gonna do, what I'm doing is to not burn myself out. I'm, I'm rather getting more experience than, like, the education-wise. Because if I go in for an interview and I say, okay, here, I got this criminal justice degree, they're going to be like, okay, cool. What else can you do? Right. What else do you know? You know what I'm saying? Yes, it's great to have the knowledge behind it, but it's more better to have experience. Right. It's, the knowledge is all theoretical until you go out there and have on the job training. Exactly. Because once I go on to the police uh, academy, all they're going to do is just reteach the same thing I already learned. Right. So basically to them, my college diploma or whatever would just be another piece of paper. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is how my plan is supposed to come out to play so i'm gonna start at the sheriff's department with the sheriff's department i can start at correctional officer so i'll be working inside the jail and working inside the jail would be pretty cool because that's what my mom actually does so she's a lieutenant at getting state school and so it's kind of making her happy that i'm following her footsteps (laughs) into doing correctional officer so i was like you know what makes my mom happy that's pretty dope so i'm gonna do it i feel that so with that, um, I can either go from correctional officer to being a sheriff's deputy, or I can branch off into going to the Austin Police Academy, you know, whoever accepts me. Okay. And then from then on, I'm just going to keep progressing. Um, would you rather, you know, manage people, or would you rather manage cases? And by that I mean, like, would you rather have a couple of people that you constantly talk to and check up on, or would you rather just be kind of like, I guess a beat cop going out and, you know, answering calls? To be honest with you, I wouldn't mind having the best of both worlds. It's because when I'm on call, I can be first hand to help somebody, right? Mm-hmm. But 
if I want to like say I want to do cases, I can go and help this person that's got a situation going on, help solve it, and then move on to the next one. I mean, because in a situation, it's kind of the same thing. Hmm. Well, um, okay, so let's say you become, would you say, a sheriff's deputy? Mm-hmm. How long do you have to do that? Uh, it's not really a time limit. It's kind of under my discretion. Um, it's up to whether I want to get, how much experience do I want to gain before I branch out to being an actual police officer. Okay. So it's the same thing with me being a correction, trying to be a correctional officer. If I do that, it's up to me how long I want to be a correctional officer before I try to become a sheriff's deputy. Because hmm. it's all about learning the game first. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's going to be in Austin, or do you plan on moving like to a smaller city? Um, my, my goal is Austin. Okay. Um, if I'm blessed with the opportunity to go somewhere else, I would not hesitate to think about going. But my number one goal is Austin. Yeah, you always seem to um, know every single officer that comes through, so <laughs> you, have a, you have a good head start. Yeah, it's like the I like to talk and gain knowledge from firsthand people, cause like um, not to like downgrade school, but a lot of people that we learn from in school aren't really firsthand people. So every time I get a chance to talk to a cop, like uh, this was some time ago, a couple months back, I actually got put over by a cop, and so like. <laughs> it went from like him writing me a citation to us having like a whole conversation about how the field is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I never hesitate to ask a cop questions every time I get a chance to. That's good. What's the most interesting thing they've told you? A cop once. So it was a Hispanic cop. I was at McDonald's, and he was showing me about. He was talking to me about different points of views and that's like one thing that's going to be instilled in my head until i die dang um i was talking to this cop so he got he responded to a call about a group of kids that had um there were bb guns but i guess the guy called and thought they had actual firearms Hmm. and so you know you know how kids are. They like to play around, shoot each other with the BB guns, or whatever the case may be. Right. So, in a real-life situation, if you get responded to a call about there's a couple guys with firearms, you know, you're ready to go. You know, you got to go into this, this call thinking like, okay, these people might be dangerous. If I do something wrong, they could potentially kill me. Even if I do something right, I could still die. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so what he did was when he found out, because like when they seen the police coming around, because obviously he had a sirens on, they hid all the guns inside of the trunk. Mm. Um, with reasonable suspicion, he was able to check the car, obviously because the guy who called seen him firsthand with firearms. And so then he was just talking to the kids about like um, how as him as a cop would not know the difference between like if these guys are actually killers or not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because he could have went in that situation like, shoot first, Man. which is which is okay, according to the law, if you read into it. Only because they have, like, man, you're talking about BB guns that look like ARs, man, and they're like, no orange tip. Because, like, an orange tip is okay, oh, man. you can tell the difference between that. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
like us at work, we're not allowed to take in BB guns with a black tip on it. Right. You can't tell the difference. And then who is it saying, like, how everybody has a different point of view? Like, let's say the caller said there's a bunch of guys out here with firearms, you know what I'm saying? Could be dangerous. He comes up as a cop, has himself could be potentially thinking the same thing, like these kids can be dangerous or not. But let's say that he didn't respond to a call the other cop did, a different cop did, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say instead of him doing the right thing, you know what I'm saying, talking to these people, let's say this cop was coming around scared, right? Pull out a gun on these kids, right? One of the kids make a move, you know, because they couldn't, they were, they were kids. I'm telling you, like 12, they're like 15. Wow. And so. Jeez. And obviously, these kids are going to be scared with a whole bunch of different cop cars rolling up on them. So let's say this cop gets scared that this kid makes a move and he shoots this kid. So now we got we're going to be put in a situation that you've seen on social media, like um, on like cops killing kids. And right. these kids, the kids were actually Hispanic kids too. So um, <clears throat> it could have been like another one of those kids, cases, like cops killing my, minorities. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So now he's now we got a different perspective with the social media. Now we got the social media thinking that we're cop killers. I mean, the cops are like killing minorities, blacks, Hispanics, or whatever. And children at that. And, and children at that, right? And now you got this whole cases where like he wasn't doing anything, this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. So now, so we got to deal with the perspective of social media thinking about cops, and then the caller's perspective, like okay, on what he thought what was going on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so what it basically what the story is telling is that like as a cop, how do you deal with all this? And basically what he was saying is like it's just a person's opinion. As a cop, as like in your training, yes, if you get a call to somebody with a firearm and you know they can be dangerous, so you gotta take precautions. That's different. But what he was saying is like everybody has an opinion, so you can't react to every situation. Like, say if I was the person behind that gun and I jumped, shot a kid, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To protect myself, because you could never know. It happens. I can't intake on somebody else's opinion, like the social media or my coworkers or somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so he said that's probably like the hardest thing you probably have to deal with as a cop. Other people's perspectives on how you deal with things. Man, that's tough. Yeah. So, do you think that's why um, some officers seem so not cold, but you know, distant from you know what they're doing in a sense? I mean, I know that there's a lot of uh, alcohol abuse and sometimes drug abuse mm-hmm. in the forces. Yeah. Probably, probably really tough, right? Yeah, it's really stressful. Um, because honestly, you're you're out there helping people, um, and everybody just looks at you as like the bad guy. Like, yeah. oh, we don't mess with cops. We don't need cops. This, that, and the other. And that's why, like, if you ever, you would never come across a cop off duty. So you would never think somebody's a cop when he's off duty ever. Only because of that reason. Because everybody hates us just because of what they think of what happened. Because of their opinion. You know what I mean? Right. Their perspective on how their perspective. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, do do they have any classes or any kind of uh, 
you know, guidance for the younger guys who might be, you know, potentially at risk for something like that, whether it's, you know, being shamed by the public or, you know, having to deal with something terrible that turns them to addiction? Um, for like, um, talk about for like substance abuse? Right, or just having to deal with the the stress and the PTSD. I mean, I know they have, you know, um, counselors and psychiatrists mm-hmm. and stuff, but I mean, is it is it kind of just not talked about outside of those walls? It's it's kind of not talked about. It's, it's not. Um, there was something on the news some time ago about it, but I didn't really look into it. It's really something that's not talked about. The reason being is because, say here in Austin, right, if you go out and say we have one of our our police officers um, in like some some mental institution or something, just because they're, they're messed up in the head, right? Say they're, they're drug abuse, alcohol abuse, right? Mm-hmm. It's gonna put a bad name on the on the department itself. So it's really something that's not gonna be talked about because you don't want to put a bad name on yourself. Because mm-hmm. um, when I went on this ride along, you know, I was asking about like, what do you guys do with the public or whatever? They said like, don't get into it. Because what does that mean? As in, like, because they don't want to, they don't want a bad name, you know. As in, we work at Cash America, right? Right. We can't go on news with like Cash America this, Cash America that. Okay. Make us look bad, or you know what I'm saying? Just making the company itself look bad. Just make everybody just look like horrible people. Well, that's that's more because like some journalists only care about the sensationalization of a story, you know. That's and, true. And it doesn't matter, you know, who gets in the way of it, as long as right. they get that story. I mean, there's a lot right. with integrity, but, you know, you don't want to take that risk. So I, mm-hmm. I see why they don't let them talk to them. Exactly. Uh, that's tough, man. So you're outnumbered by, what did they say, like, five to one or something like that? Mm-hmm. Probably more. Probably more. Definitely more. Yeah. And then a lot of people just dislike you, and then you can't even talk to your family about it. Man, that's terrible. <laughs> I mean, you can seek help, but it won't be it won't be public. You know what I mean? It'll be a private yeah. issue. It'll be a private matter. Man, well, I know out in Caldwell County, my um, my dad said that a lot of the guys um, just didn't have proper equipment. You know, they didn't have mm-hmm. um, like dash cams and and yeah. body cams and just things that keep them safe. You know. But Caldwell is more of a it's a small city, right? Right. And that's the thing about the smaller city cops. They don't get the funding like a big city would get. Right. Yeah, they they got a what, like a $2 million helicopter or something that, that can fly all day because the old one would overheat. And right. the, the camera sucked, so they couldn't actually proceed, you know, chases. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad they got that. But, uh, yeah, it seems like the smaller cities just don't get anything. And, and it must be even harder because they're having to deal with, you know, cartel and... And just mm-hmm. a completely different. Yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, let's let's switch topics a little bit. Um, sure. So we talked about your background. We talked about your your future plans. But uh, let's talk about just you specifically. Um, uh, the other day I asked Jason uh, McGeehee, you know, what kind of advice he had for uh, for the younger folks. Um, I'm going to go ahead and flip it on you. What things do you do you hope to learn within the next 10 years of, you know, your existence on this this planet? 
What do you, what do you think you want to work on? Mm-hmm. Um, patience. I could see it, yeah. I believe, especially like now, especially with the position I'm in, I need to have patience. Um, me and patience don't mix. <laughs> me and patience do not mix. Um, like, I won't blow up on somebody, but you can tell on my face, it's like, I'm done. I'm fed yep. up. I just can't, yep. you know? Yep. You can see it on my face. Everybody can see it. And then, like, they, I give off energy, too, that's like, man, oh, my God, fuck this, fuck that. <laughs> and so um, I'm learning patience. And I have to thank my girlfriend for that, man, because she's really teaching me how to do some patience. That's good. Yeah, you guys seem like a, a good fit, you know? So yeah, that's what I that's what I hope to learn, or that's what I will learn. Patience, because especially as a cop, I never yeah. want to I never want to be a cop. I never want to go out there and abuse my power. I never want to get so frustrated at work I let off on somebody. You know what I mean? Mhm. Because honestly, sometimes you do run into cops like that. You run into cops that's fed up. Um, you run into cops that be at home. It's horrible at home, and then it's horrible when you get to work. And then you got to go to work and go to calls and you got to deal with other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Eventually, you will blow up if you don't have patience. If you can't release, like, if you can't learn how to calm yourself, you can't learn how to relax. Hmm. Uh, yeah, man. I I don't know the the key to it, but it, it definitely sounds a lot of um, don't jump to conclusions and uh, mm-hmm. and just kind of accept that Sometimes things are the way they are. Yeah. Cause let me let me tell you this. Me going in as a being a cop, there's a lot of things I'm learning about that I don't agree with. What do you mean? Let's say like let's say deadly force. When I use deadly force, I what I'm being told, I'm being told that I am supposed to say if I fire around at you, right? Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to fire my whole clip. Wow. Yes. And I, in my situation, I thought the same thing. I'm like, okay, like, so if I shoot this person, he's no longer a danger to me. I have to keep shooting? Yeah. So there's no wounding, yeah. right? It's all or nothing. Right. And that's why mm-hmm. we, like, see on social media, you see some videos. It's like, if I also shoot you, I'm shooting you to, like, kill you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's only if you put my life in danger. That's not just, like, okay, I'm going to just release deadly force on you for no reason. But... That's why when you see on social media, you got people protesting about, okay, you shot this man when he was down, you put this many rounds into him, but there's like a, this is a background to that. But there, I will agree that there are some people that abuse it. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to be a cop to be that person that abuses the power of me using deadly force. I will only use deadly force if I have to. I wonder if it's a deterrent, you know, because it sounds extreme. Both you and I agree. So I wonder if. It's a deterrent to make you think, you know, like, okay, I can't just fire off one or two rounds. Right. You know, uh, if I'm, you know, you got to be sure, like they say, point anyth- uh, point the weapon at anything you intend to kill. Mm-hmm. You know, may- maybe that's, <laughs> I mean, my gosh, though, that's what, nine rounds roughly, you know, give or take. Yeah, right. And this hmm. is what I was told in class. This is what I told we were trained to do. Um, I'm not a thousand percent on it, but I'm giving you information that I was given. Wow. Well, um, 
I guess to lighten lighten it a little bit, do you have any favorite depictions of uh of police officers and and media like movies or television? Like, what do you mean? Well, I mean, you know, are you uh are you watching Mark Wahlberg run around Boston? Are you watching The Wire? Or what are you watching? Dude, Be- Beverly Hills. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I watch it all. I watch it all. <laughs> nah, um, what's his name? Mark Wahlberg or something like that, right? Yeah. He's my favorite. Really? He's my favorite. I'm not going to lie, dude. Especially that new uh, Netflix movie he just came up with. Oh, with Post Malone? Yes. It's something right. confidential. I uh, can't remember the actual name. How was it? Dude. It was like him being a cop and him like busting all the dirty cops for doing crazy stuff. And it's just... Man. If you're talking about being like some body hunter type person, that's like the mm-hmm. movie to watch. <laughs> Hmm. It's it's crazy. So why wouldn't you ever be a bounty hunter? Why why follow the letter of the law? Honestly, I never looked into being a bounty hunter. I don't I don't know nothing about a bounty hunter. I never. Yeah, I guess that's the reason why I just never looked into it. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. I don't really know what their jurisdiction is. I don't know what they actually do. So. Well, from what I've heard, um, I've actually known one, and. Uh, I guess, uh, from my understanding, police are there to solve problems, and mm-hmm. bounty hunters are there to bring them in, I guess, you know? Okay. So, you know, the police are there to figure out what happened, right? And the bounty hunter's like, I don't care what happened, you're coming with me because <laughs> there's a bounty on your head and you got to serve this, you know, this okay. warrant. I, I, I get what you're saying. Okay. They're like human repo, if you will. <laughs> right. Well, then, mm. honestly, I wouldn't be into that. I'm right. more of the, like, okay, what's going on? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't care who did it. I don't care why you did it. But, like, can we solve this? Because cops are mainly, because you got different, you got different levels. You know what I mean? You got, like, let's say a detective, homicide detective. You got a gang unit or whatever. Let's say me being a regular street cop. I'm coming in to solve civil disputes. So, like, say I get a call to a domestic violence call, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say, let's, let's flip the table. Let's say the, the woman is beating on the, the husband. So, I'm getting a call. Say the kid's call, whatever. Parents fighting. However you want to play it out. I get a call. I'm supposed to come up and be like, okay, what's going on? All right, she gets his side. He gets his side. All right, cool. I don't care how it started. I don't care why. I'm not beefing with the wife. I'm not beefing with the husband. But one of you guys got to come with me for the night. And then whenever you guys cool down, that's when you guys resolve this issue. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. That's what cops are for. And so that's just something I'm, I'm very interested in. I'm interested in solving disputes. Okay. That's fair. You know what I'm saying? If I get to chase down a bad guy, if I get to run out <laughs> that bad guy, man, look, that's the fun part about the job. That's the job that gives you gives you something different every day. Yeah, we're solving different disputes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I pull you over, say you fit a description, man, and it's you, the actual person, like, okay, you're coming with me, man. You know, you want to do this the easy way, you want to do this the hard way. I ain't gonna beef with you. I ain't, cause like a bounty hunter, I feel like a bounty hunter or a fight. You know what I'm <laughs> like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight unless you give me a reason to. But I'm here to solve problems. I don't care what you did, bro. Just come on with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. So funky rhythm. It gives you a lot. That's good. Um, well, I know that uh, you'll be uh, relocating home soon. Are you excited about that? Bro, I'm, I'm ready to move. I just found that I got a backyard. I'm excited. Where Where is the new place? I can't tell you that. Oh, okay. No, they can be listening. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nah, it's over there around William Cannon. Okay. Well, it's going to be a little bit of a drive, but I'm sure it'll be worth it. Yeah, it will. The, I mean, the amount of, like, where I'm living at right now, I'm in, like, a 461-square-foot apartment, I believe. Damn. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go into something that's not 171 square feet with the backyard, with the extra bedroom, extra bathroom. I'm like, you know what? I'll take it. Let the dogs run. Man, let the dogs run, especially in that backyard. In a backyard, it's pretty big. It's almost as big as my room, I'm not going to lie. Nice. Maybe even bigger, so I'm like, you know what? That's fine with me. <laughs> Paris is going to have a lot of fun. Yes. That's good I already got that. my ideas, man. Get a barbecue pit. Get some nice his and hers chairs. <laughs> That's good. Little parasol to block the sun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so earlier you said that uh, you thought Austin was tumbleweeds and uh, what probably horses and cowboy hats, huh? Yes. <laughs> um, how do you explain it back to people? You know, uh, to people back at home. I mean, I'm sure they had the similar thoughts as well, right? I, I, honestly, when I go there, I just tell them they're the same as us. But I'm not gonna lie to you, man. In Wisconsin, so let's let's put it to you like this. I don't know if I'm wrong or not, but this is what how I think what happened is. So you know, up north there wasn't a there wasn't a lot of slavery, right? Mm-hmm. But down south there was. So back then, I guess you know they was taught to be like the yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, yes uh, you know you know what I mean. Yeah. The manners. So when I was in Wisconsin, Milwaukee, I, I used to tell people like people older than me like, yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> when I got to when I got to Texas, I told this lady at my school, I was like, Yeah. And she was like, Excuse me. <laughs> I was like, Oh mama, you gotta take me back home. You need to take me back home now. <laughs> and then so I got to saying, Yes, ma'am, no ma'am, yes sir, no sir. It's a, it's a it's a good thing to have, you know. I mean, yeah. people like to be respectful. Um, right. Mm-hmm. In Spanish, I mean, I say su, you know, it's it's like the formal tu. Yeah. So instead of like you, it's like, you know, a more, pro- not professional, but uh, more respectful. Yeah. So I get it. Hmm. Well, um, so you and I are uh, probably the most frequent buyers of uh, of Best Buy. Uh, fingers crossed yeah. on, a, on a sponsorship someday. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, so, um, what kind of games and and music are you uh, have you been listening to and purchasing recently? <laughs> boy, have you ever heard of my boy Russ? <laughs> let Let me tell you. Let me tell you about Russ. Russ is that artist where you can listen to him on all kinds of different moods. You can be mad. You can be happy. You can be sad. You can be in love. I'm telling you. He got so many different genres of music, bro. So many different articles, so many different catalogs. Is that you can listen to all his songs and feel it, man. You know what I'm saying? Like his yeah. music be speaking to you. <laughs> and so like everybody be thinking like, why do I listen to Russell a lot? 
why I do this, why I do that. I listen to Russell a lot only because like his main points is self self efficiency. Like if you can do it, I can do it. Like why not me? Yeah. It's about it's about having your own confidence. You know what I'm saying? Even if you gotta be like arrogant just to push yourself even more. It's about it's about doing you, being yourself. <laughs> doing it how you want. Fuck what everybody else think. If they don't fuck with you, fuck them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that, that's why I listen to his music a lot. It'd be like speaking to me, giving motivation to like get up every day, go to work, get my shit done. You know what I'm saying? Make make myself a better me, no matter what it takes. So I'm going to fire a couple of emotions at you, and you're going to respond with what rest song you would pick up and listen okay. to, okay? So okay. let's say uh, let's say you're sad. What are you putting on? Okay, so I'm going to go back into... I'm going to go to There Was a Wolf. Okay, wait. What am I sad about? Tell me Ooh, what am I sad okay. about? Um, let's just say you had, a, you had a rough day. You know, you're just feeling sad. Okay. I know exactly what song. So I'm going back to the album of There Was a Wolf, and I'm going to go to his last song on the album, which is MVP. Okay. Yeah, I like that one. MVP, Mm. man. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's say... uh... Let's say you're just bored. You know, you just you need to get some energy in you. You know, which one are you putting on? All right, so I'm gonna go to um, I'm gonna go to his album called Zoo. So he got a song called Fuck That, and he got a song called uh, he got the flute song, and then he's he got a song called um, Kill Them All. I believe it's called Kill Them All, if I'm not mistaken. All right. So basically. Um... Basically, uh, uh, I just want to explain this real quick. Go ahead. Fuck that is basically like, you know, fuck all you haters, fuck all you people. I'm gonna do me regardless. I'm gonna be hype. I'm gonna live my life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, kill them all. It's like I'm killing all my haters. You know what I'm saying? Like while I'm saying fuck y'all, I'm still doing good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm busting all my personal accolades. I'm busting all y'all accolades. I'm succeeding in life regardless. And then flu song is basically like both of those songs combined, but a little nicer. It's like I'm succeeding, so I can do whatever I want. I can do whatever I want because I worked hard for it. That sounds so that just gets, gets me hyped, keeps me motivated. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good breakdown. Um, who would be your like? Who would you really want Russ to collaborate with? I, <sighs> Ooh, I know, man, like, I know, he doesn't collaborate too much, so. He does it. Um, if I was to have Russ collaborate with one artist, Jesus Christ, who would it be? Man, that's so tough. It would be another one of the, like, because uh, I have, like, a, a lot of different artists that motivate me. Russ is at the top of my list. So, um, honestly, I would have him either collab with, and you might think I'm crazy, either be with J. Cole Drake or Kanye West. Okay, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I'd probably, I'd probably like to see what uh, what Kanye would do. Mm-hmm. Um, Kanye definitely has changed up his style recently, so that would be interesting. Yeah. But um, I think that the best 
fit would probably be J. Cole. J. Cole, yeah. Yeah, the middle child. <laughs> man, if Russ was to hop on the middle child as a remix, I think oh. he'd kill it, man. Yeah. Man. And that sucks, started. man, because he'd been around for a minute, man. He, he just recently got his... his oh, Russ? You know, yeah. Yeah, man. And that's another thing. That's what I, like, admire the most about Russ. Russ was just that... I mean, he's like everybody else. You know, everybody got to find one way to come up, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, the determination he took. You know what I'm saying? That's why I think, like, I'm going to pursue my dream for 10 years. Just like Russ was like, if you don't think about doing yourself this stuff for, like, 10 years, then you might as well quit. So I'm going to pursue this shit for 10 years. If I fail, then I'm going to choose something else. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. By 10 years come, I'll be 30 years old. I still got a life to live, so I can still choose a different career, which is no problem. It's okay to fail in life. That's how you succeed, by failure. Um, he did it for 10 years, man, blew up, and he's still dropping hits, man. He's not giving up. He still keep going because he ain't there yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He made it, but there's still more to come, still more to go. Um, if I could read you one quick quote that uh, Russ had said when he's talking about Zoo. Uh, mm-hmm. For The Breakfast Club, they're asking him pretty much why he catches all the heat that he does and he says whenever i was coming up i was and am producing mixing mastering and writing everything i would say yes. that all the time and he says for one self-sufficiency is a message that should be put out there you don't have to outsource everything and two i'm proud of it so that sounds exactly like what you've been telling me why do you think so many people you know gave him so much shit okay if you got to think about it like this. <clears throat> if you literally come from nothing, you come from nothing. And and don't take it the way, when he says this, don't take it the wrong way. Because whenever he collabs with somebody or somebody helps him, he gives them all their credit. Like, for example, there was this guy that was spamming his, spamming his DMs when he was, like, blowing up, spamming his DMs with, like, beats and stuff. Mm-hmm. He finally put him, he used one of that guy's beats called, his song called Old Days, and gave gave the guy full credit for everything. Nice. And so what Russ is, what he's trying to say is that, like, I was in this hole. I was down. I had nothing. My parents had nothing. You know what I'm saying? My family's on the verge of breaking. He pulled himself out this hole. He pulled his family out this hole by himself. And he does speak on Boogus, which was, his, like, his homeboy. It was him and Boogus, and they came up. They was doing stuff together. But Russ would literally write his own song, make his own beat, mix his own song up, and his song would just blow. And it was his music. Nobody else's. And in a different um in a different uh interview he did, uh, I forgot who it was with, um, he said that um why can other people say in the comments that okay, um well like on Twitter and like the headlines like I'm a producer, I'm a writer, or I'm a photographer, just that and other, but how come Russ can't say I'm a producer, mixer I match, I do all this. How come he can't say it? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What, what makes him different from somebody else? Is it because he did it on his own? Is it because he like he feels so efficient about himself that he can talk about it? Because you can't go up to Russ and be like, all right, you're not saying facts. That's why people get mad at Russ because all he does is say facts. You can't go up to be like, oh, that was a lie. But okay, if it was a lie, go look it up then. You know what I mean? Yeah, he actually has a quote where he talks about <laughs> the three people you just named for top collaborations. He says... You're not going to catch me saying anything about Kanye, Drake, and J. Cole. You're not going to catch it. I'm going to have conversations in private 
but you're not going to catch me pu- publicly putting that out there because I respect those people a bit too much. That's pretty cool of him, you know, that he's not going to just uh, jump on a bandwagon of right. of negativity and hate because I'm sure he knows what that feels like. I mean, for, like you said, a right. decade. And he even admitted that a lot of his stuff was not up to the standard of uh, of excellence that he has, you know, right. now. And yeah. it was and just it, the grind. And the thing is about Russ is that people... Okay, so I forgot some rapper died. Um, it was with drugs or something like that. Um, Recently, they really start to hate Russ because he was. It was back in. This is when he released. There's a. Um, there's really a wolf or something like that. Around that time, he really started getting the heat of people was hating him because um, some somebody died and he was he was he was quick to voice his opinion. Like um, let me see which song it was. Uh, Cause Russ dropped like a whole bunch of singles. Um, it might be "Kill Them All," maybe, or it might be one of his singles. Okay, whatever song it is, I don't know. But he was basically putting out the facts of like how some artists are like um, bigger artists with bigger fan bases than Russ. So that's why he was getting so much heat because he was he was coming out all, um about artists like uh, Little Peep. Or help me out, Justin. Name another rapper that does a lot of drugs and puts it on like social media. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know, brother. <laughs> you don't know? Okay. Anyways, long story short, he was calling out these rappers saying like, "You're feeding the youth the wrong kind of kind of stuff. Um, your music don't get as many hits as your Instagram views does." Like, this is all in a song. Mm. People like people like hate him because it's like. Yeah, he's coming out this rapper, but he's spending on facts. Like Russ, yeah, Russ is going there talking shit, saying about how he's smoking drink, but that's something normal. What we talking about doing hardcore drugs, like drinking lean, stuff like that. Like yeah. putting out real negative stuff into the, you know, into our to the youth, like who the people, the main people that be listening. Mm-hmm. And so what is it gonna do? It's gonna encourage people like my age to like, okay, yeah, it's cool to go do lean, it's cool to go pop a molly, it's cool to go do some exotic drug. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And fuck up my life. You know, they rich already, so they don't give a damn what I do. It's all mm-hmm. all Russ is trying to do is put out the truth, expose it. Like, hey man, that shit ain't cool. You know, let's let's expose something something good, something better. So a lot of his lessons kind of mirror what what you said you'd like to pass along to the youth as well, you know. So I see why you like him and why you idolize him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Russ is probably at the top. Yeah. You said you said you went to uh, one of his concerts. How was that? Dude. First off, when was that? And this where was back, that? This was back in 2018, I believe. Um, I was with my ex at the time. She got us tickets to go for my birthday or whatever. Um, when I say his concerts, is probably like this. I've been to other concerts before in my lifetime. But I've never been to a concert like Russ's concert. Really? So I went. So at this concert, and, well, and it wasn't just the music. So like, um, as, let me let me tell you how arrogant Russ is, and this is why like I I appreciate Russ because he he he'll show you himself 100%. Like my girl asks me all the time, "What if you met Russ and he was an asshole?" And I would tell her, "Man, I'd be surprised if he wasn't." So like in a crowd, I don't know what happened. Like um, you know how. At a concert, you can stand, um, sit in seats, or you can like stand down there and like in a crowd. So in this crowd, they were like fighting. So he was like, "Hold on, wait." He stopped the show. He was like, "Hey, 
if y'all want to fight, y'all can take that shit outside because y'all already paid for the tickets. I already got paid so y'all can dip. And so I was like, bro, if I never heard real shit in my life, that was it. And so it inspired me to be like, dude, just fucking wear, no matter how it come off, if you got some truth to say, say it. So it inspired me to be truthful. It inspired me to, because like, sometimes I get attentive to like, you know, clothes, you know, I don't really say what I really want. Sometimes, you know, like Russ be like, hey, you got shit to do. You got plans. Like, voice your opinion, voice the facts, you know, and move forward. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So well, besides, um... like, having fun at the concert, that's where I took from. <laughs> I took from just being real. Always be real. Is that is that your your truth? Always be real? Yes. Because I mean, Oh, you're cutting out pretty bad. Like, can you hear me now? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Because, like, regardless, it's like, um, saying I'm not being truthful, because, one, I'm not being honest with you, and I'm keeping things away from you that can help you progress. Okay. So, so that's mm, why yeah. I always want to preach honesty, regardless of how it comes off. Preach honesty. Yeah. Because hmm. I won't want somebody to preach honesty with me. I won't want somebody to call me and say, like, hey, say I really fucked up. I won't want somebody to come to me, hey, man, you really fucked up, bro. Like, that yeah. shit wasn't cool or whatever. Like, I want that. I never get mad at somebody for being honest. Yeah, it might suck the way they say it, but shit, it's the truth. I understand that. Well, uh, hmm. Do you have any questions for me? What made you get into podcasts, man? I want your fans to find out. <laughs> well, my mom always said that I talked a lot. And if I could find a way to make money doing that, <laughs> then I'd be, you know, extremely successful. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's not about the success for me, you know. I'm... Mm. You know, depending on where this goes, but uh, I, I truly though, I, I enjoy talking to people and I enjoy um, uncovering what makes them tick, and I like the mm-hmm. the joy that and the and the passion that flares up whenever you get that right question, you know, and because yeah. uh, it's not about me, you know, it's 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 about the guest and it's about the stories mm-hmm. that they have, and you know, it's uh, I guess in the same sense we're. Mm-hmm where Russ collabs and gives all the credit. You know, this is a collaboration, you know. I mean, sure, it's, I have one microphone, you know, but uh, I don't do a one-man show like a Mark Marin, you know, or uh, uh, any, you know, anything like that. So I, I need that other person there, and I, I need that, uh, I, I need that conversation, you know, because at the end of the day, um, if you say something that I can put out there and it helps somebody, you know, then then we're reaching an audience and we're growing growing the message. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to oh. this, man. I have to applaud to you, hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I have to applaud to you on that, man, because honestly, like, I see every day at work, you encourage people, like, hey, you got a story, you want to tell it? Come on a podcast. And you don't really care who it is. You just love to, like, have, like, for your viewers, yourself, even for the person themselves, like, tell their story, you know, tell them what's going on. Tell them how their life is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you could, you can never know who it might help. It can help somebody, and that's you know, I'm all for that. I'm glad that you actually um you're doing your podcast 100% man, which is pretty dope. I appreciate that, man. Because everybody matters. Everybody has a story, you know. And I mean, you never know. You know, life is short, and uh, you know. So if if I can put it put it on the internet for everybody to hear, and you know, mm-hmm. 
you know, however, however people use it. I mean, who knows, you know, maybe uh, in 10 years, whenever you and I still know each other, you know, we can look back on this one. Right. And uh, <laughs> I had to have like 10 million views. <laughs> well, I was going to say, whenever you're like a chief of police somewhere or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> man, so. you can make it. It's got to work hard towards it. I believe in you, man. You got some good going on. Keep it going. Thank you, man. Um, well, uh, I feel a... I feel a closure coming on here. Um, was there, was there uh, any closing thoughts you had for anybody out there? I'm a, hey, I'm gonna end this with a Russ quote. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. You ready? You ready? I'm, I'm gonna keep it PG though. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna say his, his crazy quotes. I'm Go ahead. No, oh, hey, quote him directly. <laughs> if you're gonna quote Russ, you quote that man directly. <laughs> I rather. Smack you with the truth, then kiss you with the lie. <laughs> and let that let that seek in. Just remember that. Yeah. And um, I know you uh, you do use social media, so uh, where can the fans find you, man? Where can they uh, where can they talk to you and get to know you more? Um, see, I got a Snapchat. Um, Smooth hand S M O O B H A N D S. Or you can catch me on my Facebook where all the old folks like me hang out, even though I'm 19. But you know the old folks at Elijah Hare, E-L-I-J-A-H, last name H-A-R-E, like the rabbit, Hare. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or you can catch me on my Twitter with the same name as Elijah Hare. Just find me. You see me. I'm a black dude with the beard. <laughs> all right, man. Well, I'm, I'm so happy that we got you an episode. And uh, you're always welcome on, man. If, if you're ever feeling, you know, some type of way and you, you got to get something off your chest, man, come on, you know, we'll, we'll yes. always have you. I would love to come back and talk to you guys. It was an honor, Justin. I appreciate the opportunity. No problem, man. Well, uh, all right, everybody. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for continuing the support. And um, follow the Patreon page, like and subscribe, and uh, leave some comments. Let us know how we're doing. All right, Eli. Well... Thanks again, and we'll catch you guys in the next one. All right, thanks.